Hey everyone, this is Ryan with the Blockchain Podcast. And if uh, you're following crypto, you know that Bitcoin just moved above 10,000 and it continues to run. At this time, it's around 10,500. And the question on everyone's mind is uh, where do we go from here and how high can Bitcoin go? So, how do we answer that question? And that's really the million dollar, billion dollar, trillion dollar question. And it's actually quite difficult to figure out what the value of Bitcoin should be uh, because it's there's not a lot of things to compare it to. And you also have to decide what is Bitcoin? Is Bitcoin a actual currency? Is it a global digital currency? Is it an asset of some sort? Um, what are things that we can compare it to? But also, how can we look at it mathematically and decide what's actually reasonable. So in my last podcast, I talked a little bit about is it overvalued? And I didn't give you any real conclusive evidence that it was or that it wasn't because arguments can be made on either side. You know, if this is really going to be the global dominant currency, then you can argue that the value of a single Bitcoin can be extremely high. And I'll talk a little bit about that uh, in this podcast. But let's take a look. So right now, the market cap of Bitcoin is on the order of 180 billion or so. Uh, rough numbers, I'm kind of taking that from memory. But there are about 16 million coins outstanding. And in a recent report, uh, they estimated that about 4 million of those might actually be lost forever. Um, whether that's Satoshi's original coins and he hasn't moved those, um, or they're people throwing away their hard drive years ago, or just being lost in transactions for a number of reasons. So I could I could believe that up to 4 million have been lost, especially in the early days when there was really no value to Bitcoin. People were mining it and didn't really think much of it. And so let's assume that 4 million are lost. So that puts it about 12 million coins outstanding. And about $10,000 a coin, that's a market cap of about $120 billion. Which, you know, isn't too crazy considering, you know, again, this is kind of this global digital currency. But if you look at it from a, you know, utility point of view and other aspects, you might say, okay, well, maybe it's getting a little too hot right now. Um, but again, you can make both arguments. So let's kind of compare that to things that are understandable or at least relatable. So in valuations, one thing to always look at is kind of comparables. And uh, everyone's familiar with Amazon. Um, and Amazon's worth uh, north of $500 billion. Now, putting that in perspective with Bitcoin, assuming 4 million coins were lost, $10,000 a coin, we're at $120 billion. So you can see that uh, Bitcoin is valued actually quite a bit less than uh, Amazon. Uh, but Amazon is also a company that's uh, providing a very... Um, tangible service with supply logistics marketplace but at the same time you could argue bitcoin's also providing a lot of uh, utility whether it's a store of value getting into other cryptocurrency buying assets etc i talk a little bit about that in my prior podcast so both of them do have utility uh, even though bitcoin hasn't reached the level of this transactional everyday sort of currency for purchasing things and i talked about that before, but that's not really where it's deriving its value at the moment. It's really deriving it from speculation, um, that getting into crypto utility and, and some minor purchases, you know, through Newegg or uh, mining equipment or otherwise, but that'll continue to grow. So how big can this get? So I could argue that, uh, you know, it could get as big as Amazon, it could get as big as Apple. Keep in mind that those are both singular companies on the planet. 
and Bitcoin is by far the largest cryptocurrency. So it's a singular, you know, cryptocurrency, if you will, um, in the same sort of sense. Not that it's the only one, but it's uh, it's the big dog. It's like Apple is a you know big player in the uh, phone market. It's uh, uh, Amazon's a big player in the e-commerce. Bitcoin's a big player in uh, crypto, and so you know you could argue that they should have similar valuations, and that's in the hundreds of billions. Now, if that's true, then we have uh, multiples to go. We could go to ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand, fifty thousand. Really, we could go all the way up to somewhere around um, uh, a one trillion dollar market cap if you looked at uh, you know some of the most valuable companies. So does, am I saying that that's what's going to happen? No, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I'm saying it is plausible uh, for that to happen. If that is the case, you're looking at roughly near $100,000 per Bitcoin. Now, when you start getting past that, then you have to start scratching your head and thinking about, um, is this being valued as a, uh, again, kind of a, a big company? Think of it as a very large company. That's what Bitcoin is. If you want to look at comparables, uh, it's not what it is, but if you're looking at comparables, that, that's the mindset. If you're looking at it as this big global currency, um, then you got to start wondering if it could get into the trillions or tens of trillions. And this is where even myself, I'm like, well, hold on a sec. I don't know if that's really doable from a technical point of view and otherwise today for sure. But in the future, I mean, some of those uh, issues can be resolved uh, with time. But is it going to be Bitcoin? Is it going to be a basket of currencies? Is it going to be uh, things of that nature? And I, I get the feeling that Bitcoin will certainly be around, but um, barring some catastrophic technical issue um, or s significant coordination between governments to shut it down. But I, I really don't think that's the case. It'll always have some sort of value. But I do think there'll be a basket of currencies, uh, currencies in uh, different regions, um, that are more favored than other regions. And I think it'll actually uh, bifurcate like that. I think it'll be very easy to move between currencies, which it's not too bad now, but it'll get even easier with atomic swaps and these decentralized exchanges. But if it starts to become a, a, this kind of global currency, you're talking in the trillions of dollars. And um, if you look at 10 trillion, then that's where you would get the $1 million per Bitcoin. And I, and I want to temper that. Uh, quite a bit because I know a lot of people right now are getting very excited and it's it's feeling very frothy, very bubbly, um, and maybe a, quite a bit ahead of itself. Uh, Bitcoin is still very difficult to use for the average user. Um, it's still a very new thing. There's very few people accepting it. Houses are not denominated in Bitcoin. Uh, bonds, loans, derivatives, all these things are not denominated in Bitcoin. So it's got a long way to go before it gets to this global currency, if it ever does. So that kind of gives you an idea of where we're at. So, you know, subtract out all the lost coins, $120 billion market cap, $12 million, $12 million coins outstanding with quite a few, not quite a few, about four or five million more to be mined still. So you can increase the money supply a bit. A lot of new accounts being created, a lot of people getting in, but again, a lot of speculation at this point. So what I see going forward um, is a continued rise in the very short term and potentially actually um, systematic risk in the uh, medium uh, term. So let me explain that a little bit. Uh, in the first run up uh, 
that Bitcoin had, and maybe not the first, it's all kind of relative, but one of the big ones was when it popped over $1,000 uh, during the Mt. Gox era. And that's uh, if you weren't around, which many of you probably weren't, uh, Bitcoin ran uh, up and over $1,000. Shortly thereafter, uh, the largest exchange uh, was hacked, allegedly, and $500 million worth of uh Bitcoin at the time was lost. Now it's probably worth a well, it is worth a ton more at this point, but quite a few uh, people were burned by that. The kind of industry kind of retrenched a bit. The price went down and it just kind of muddled around in the hundreds of dollars uh, range for quite some time. So that was a big explosion. And in the uh, industry, if you look at this now, you're kind of scratching your head and saying, is this going to be a Mt. Gox 2.0? Are we going to get a, a, this huge blow off top and then crash? And Mt. Gox was kind of a systematic risk, but there was also bubble uh, bubble mentality, buy, buy, buy. And I'm seeing a bit of that now, too, where it's just kind of get in. I look at people posting stuff, you know, a lot of people who um, have been speculating. I know just about everyone who's cheering over 10,000 are speculators and probably actually don't use the Bitcoin in an everyday practice or to purchase anything. I, I use it actually to purchase, to donate, to uh, buy goods, actually. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a user of it, but I've also been in this quite some time. But most people are speculators, um, including myself as well. And uh, as more and more people come on, it can drive the price higher and higher. But eventually it's got to kind of take a breath or it's got to stop because you can't, uh, you can't go on forever. Uh, can it reach 100,000? It can in time. But like I said, what I see in the potentially the median term is systematic risk. And uh, this comes from that experience with Mt. Gox where everyone thought it was just to the moon and there was nothing stopping us. Uh, but something happened and it was uh, kind of underneath the surface. And I'm seeing that potentially with Tether, um, not so much uh, at the same scale, but BitConnect, uh, but primarily Tether. And there's been a lot of talk about... Um, if there's some liquidity problems over there, um, what are there, what the banking infrastructure looks like? Can you actually redeem your tethers? And most people aren't aware of tether uh, at all. And maybe in a different video, I'll talk about that. But for the for the context of this uh, uh, podcast, uh, I'll talk about uh, just the idea of systematic risk. So we are in still the very early stages of this uh, crypto boom, if you will. And there are going to be washouts. There are going to be people who lose money um, in finance. Rarely uh, is it just a hunky-dory. People just ride the wave and millionaires are minted all over the place. That did happen in the first wave of Bitcoin. Uh, but it can't happen for every Joe Schmo uh, that's uh, throwing their money into Bitcoin. Eventually, the music stops and it does come down. And right now, even though I'm very bullish on crypto, very bullish on Bitcoin overall, uh, and, I, and I really believe in the project, having been in it for so many years, um, you have to understand that uh, these dramatic rises is not overall healthy. If it continues to move vertical, if it goes from 10,000 to 100,000, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much... Uh, concerned. If it goes from 10,000 to 11,000 to 15,000, hangs out, consolidates for quite some time, um, and then, you know, maybe even retraces a little bit. I, I think that's a healthy, healthy way to be. But because of all the hype and because of all the new people coming in, the new money, I think it's going to fuel the speculation and uh, it's going to create a situation that could become very dangerous down the road. Another thing to consider, though, too, is that 
there are so many speculators that a lot of the coins actually aren't in circulation. You know, in the industry, they call these people hodlers. Um, it's kind of an internet joke as far as why why it's called that. Uh, it's holders, but it's hodlers is the name, whatever. Um, but there's a bunch of those people, right? A lot of people speculating, a lot of people holding, and they're just waiting, waiting, waiting to exit. But what you have to realize is people have to exit at some point, right? You have to lock in your gains. And this is a big component of this behavioral psychology, this market psychology. And that's something that I watch very closely, whether it's Google Trends, whether it's how people are tweeting, what people are saying in the news, what the headlines are looking like. But for the longest time, you know, people have been calling for a bubble and it hasn't burst yet. And that's often what happens in these, you know, big run-ups is you just don't know when the music stops, when things are going to end. And that's where I'm trying to bring some rationale to it. You know, what's comparable? What are the markets and what are people going to start looking at and saying, hey, wait a sec. Um, but it can go on for a while. Usually something has to trigger that fear, though, and, and that's that's systematic risk. Um, and again, it could be it could come from Tether. It could come otherwise. Um, you know, there was fear when there were these forks happening, uh, when uh, you know Bitcoin Cash first came out. You know, was are we going to split? What's going to happen? And both Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin ended up rising again because there's more awareness. There's more people participating. There's more addresses created, and it's 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 it is actually growing as a community and as a project organically, but it may be that the price is outstripping what's actually happening beneath the surface. So I don't want to harp on that too long, but to kind of recap, um, think about the comparables, do a little bit of math on the numbers to see you know what the market cap looks like versus other comparable companies. Um, I think I could argue that uh, Bitcoin is the Apple or the Amazon of, of crypto at the moment. Some people might argue that Ethereum is the one that's going to actually be that or one of the other thousand coins. Um, valid points here and there, but that's one way of com uh, uh, kind of valuing it. Another way might be, like I said, to look at it as this uh, long-term global currency, uh, which is uh, further down the road, but also a much bigger idea to wrap your head around and also much bigger potentially market cap. Um, and then the other portion that I didn't talk too much about of what it costs to actually create a new Bitcoin. So this, uh, an idea that I really haven't seen discussed very much is this kind of marginal cost of creation. And that's that's probably because a lot of people aren't miners. Uh, they're there are some people who are miners, obviously, of Bitcoin and other coins, but you can actually create Bitcoin right through mining. And there's a bunch of miners now. There's a ton of hashing power, a ton of energy goes into creating a single Bitcoin and uh, use equipment and infrastructure and overhead associated with that. And when you start penciling that out and you look at the hash power and you look at the most efficient miners at this point, you get numbers um, that are in the ballpark of three 3,000 or so, thousands of dollars, I should say, uh, to produce a single Bitcoin. So that brings another way of thinking about this. If the price of Bitcoin is, you know, today 10500 but it costs, you know, in the low thousands to produce a single coin, you need to start scratching your head and saying, um, Will things change? Will more miners come on board? Uh, will that increase the cost of production? Because you have more miners, more hashing power, the block, or, you know, the, dis the dispersed block or, or uh, payout is less per miner, uh, which is quite good right now, actually. 
But uh, you could definitely, I guess what I'm saying is you can definitely increase the cost of production to catch up with the price. But today it's around $3,000-ish um, with a handful of assumptions in there to produce a single Bitcoin, which is about uh, three times less than the price of Bitcoin today. So if Bitcoin were to run, you know, to 20, 30, 40, 50,000, um, you'd start to get this... Uh, a very big differential and the miners would do very very well that gap would be closed as more equipment came on board but something to think about the cost of production and uh, another way to kind of think about valuation um, so those are kind of my thoughts uh, to kind of recap and distill it down and get a final answer Bitcoin can go to a hundred thousand it is it is possible um, it would be roughly a ten times increase from here um, it would be a, a one trillion dollar market cap um, but, uh, that's a stretch. Uh, I, I like to see Bitcoin stay in the 10,000 ish range. I'd like it to consolidate here for a while. I think that's healthy, but if, if I start seeing it run, you know, past, uh, 20, past 30, past 40, past 50, you know, I, I'm, I'm watching this very closely to see, uh, when this changes, when the music stops. Um, and, uh, I think you should too. Now, again, this is very dynamic. Like I said before, things change every day, every week, every month in this space. Um, but it's unlikely that we're, you know, going straight to a hundred thousand extremely quickly. And people look to the past and say, okay, it went from a thousand bucks to 10,000 bucks. That's a 10 times increase, um, uh, for 2017, roughly. And I'd say, yes, um, that's a 10 times increase, but that was creating, uh, say somewhere on the order of, a hundred billion dollars in uh, a, little, a bit over a hundred billion in market cap it was added but to go another 10 times um, you're gonna have to add hundreds of billions in market cap and so the the difficulty and the amount of capital has to you know keep on increasing more and more and more and there's only going to be so much money that is going to be thrown into this space and so again it, it just gets harder to move higher and higher the higher you go and there is a cap you know, the global GDP, for example, is, you know, uh, about a hundred trillion dollars. It's actually a bit less than that, around 80 trillion or so. And so if Bitcoin is a one trillion dollar, you know, uh, market cap, you say one eightieth of the entire planet's um, uh, gross domestic product or gross, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to fathom. But again, you know, People can justify it in different ways. I just like to see it take longer to get there in a healthier uh, in a healthier way. So with that, I'll kind of stop there. Something to think about, you know, something to take away is um, how is this valued? How should you think about value? Where can it go? Pencil out the numbers and, and make some assessments for yourself. Protect yourself. Um, take some profits if you if you feel like it at this point. Think about that. You know, you can't hold forever. You do have to think about your exit strategy. And so it's something I encourage people to do. And, and like I said, at the very least, think about. Um, if you want to check out some more info or posts, I'll be adding some uh, shortly on the blockchain.co website. I uh, haven't added a lot of articles in a while, but I'm hoping to put some very in depth stuff and uh, potentially add some uh, YouTube videos as well. So uh, I'll see you next time. And thanks for listening.